Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. I'm not going to try to be long, because i got to get this, get to this, get this out, and, and we'd be good. Then Jesus, being filled with the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan, as was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Verse 2, being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those days he ate nothing, and afterward, when they had when they had ended, he was hungry. I would be hungry too. Verse 3, and the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. Verse 4 says, but Jesus answered him, saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. We're about to go to verse five, Kenny, verse five through seven. Then the devils, then the devil taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. Verse six then says, and the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory for this has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Verse 7 says, therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. All right, then this is what Jesus said. He come back at him. He said, and Jesus answered and said to him, get behind me, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. Verse 9, then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the, on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from here. That's what Satan said, like, throw yourself down if you're the son of God. And then Jesus come back at him again. He says, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. Verse 11 says, and in their hands, they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And then this is what Jesus said to him. Verse 12, he said to him, and Jesus answered to him and said, it has been said, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. Verse 13, now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. I want to talk to you guys tonight from the subject, do not fall for the bait. Don't fall for the bait. Put in the chat section, look at somebody say, don't fall for the bait. Don't, don't fall. Don't fall for the bait. Do not fall for the okie doke. All right, don't do it. Um, I want you to put that prophetic warning up for me, Kenny. I want you to put that one up um, for me. Um, God gave me this on the first Sunday of this, this year when I shared with you the word of the Lord. And one of the prophetic statements that he gave me was, uh, prophetic warning, do not give yourselves over to lies and deception because you will forfeit the promise of God. That you will forfeit the promise of God. Ladies and gentlemen, we find ourselves in an interesting uh, account that's here. Uh, This particular account is found in all three of the synoptic gospels. What I mean by synoptic in layman's terms is all three of them are the same. That's Matthew, Mark, and Luke, right? Matthew, Mark, and Luke are synoptic gospels. John is not. What meaning is, is they kind of go by the same order, chronological events, all right? The interesting thing about um, 
this particular account is that they're both, they're all three found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, but Matthew and Luke go further into the temptations more than what Mark does. Mark focuses more on Jesus's response, not so much of the actual temptations that uh, the devil tried to tempt Jesus with, okay? But we found it very interesting because we have it that uh, that Jesus in the previous chapter, uh, and the reason why I wanted to focus on Luke is because I like how Luke tells and paints the story, more so of this account. It's a real thing that happened. And so how Luke does it is, is that the difference between Matthew and Luke's version is the second and third temptations. What I mean by that is, uh, in Matthew's gospel, they, it flips uh, because it goes from the bread talking about tempting him with the, you know, hit with his hunger, then moving from the place of hunger to then moving to Jerusalem, and then after Jerusalem, trying to show him all of the things of the world, all the kings of the world. In Luke gospel, he builds the climax of the climax being Jerusalem because Jerusalem has everything to do with Jesus' destiny. All right? The reason why Luke wants to paint the picture of Jerusalem is because that specific place has a lot to do with the destiny of Jesus Christ. The reason why the devil will take you on certain journeys and show you certain things because wherever it is, has everything to do with interrupting the destiny that God has for your life. All right. I want you to make that clear. Now, these three temptations, ladies and gentlemen, that that we see here are all about the enemy tempting Jesus to take a shortcut. Hey, guys, my name is Elder Boomy. And what I need you to do like right now is stop whatever you're doing and head on over to our YouTube channel, Transformation Christian Fellowship TV. Hit that subscribe button and also sign up for our notifications so you'll also see whenever we drop a new video. But feel free to go through our videos and see our sermons, our Bible study, and the check-in and other inspirational content. Again, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And don't forget, transformation starts here. These three temptations are solely for Jesus to take another route to glory. That while in the short term, it may seem like he's gaining something in the long term, we all lose. Oftentimes when we trade shortcuts, we think that we're benefiting in the short term. But reality wise, in the long term, we're not benefiting at all. Now, this temptation, ladies and gentlemen, is not to be parallel to the temptation of Adam and Eve in the garden. Because these are two different things. But both, ladies and gentlemen, are being both are temptations that 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 uh, that that the enemy tried to lure God's people in. Interesting thing, ladies and gentlemen, that we find here is that after in the previous chapter and chapter three of Luke, we see that Jesus goes down to the Jordan to fulfill uh, prophecy. And ladies and gentlemen, by being baptized. This is God who added humanity to his deity and said to fulfill the scriptures, he's going to be baptized as the prophet said he would. And that the prophet said that there will be one to come before him. You know what I'm saying? And so, ladies and gentlemen, he fulfills this prophecy, goes down to the Jordan and the heavens are having a celebration. And God's voice says, hear ye. This is my beloved son who I am well pleased. 
such a great moment at the Jordan, you hearing the audible voice of God for those who are there, saying like, this is my beloved son and who I am well pleased. And the Holy Spirit came upon Jesus. It's not to say that he was not with him. I want to make that clear. It's not to say that he was not full of, because he was fully God and he added humanity to his deity. But however you see, again, how the, how the Godhead works with one another. Yeah. Are you get what I'm saying? And so the Bible tells us in verse one, after this great moment in the Jordan, you would think that Jesus would go straight to starting his ministry now. He's full of the spirit. He got baptized. Now let's do the thing. No, the scripture tells us that the spirit that Jesus in verse one, put it up for us, Kenny, uh, on the screen online for those of our friends who are watching. In verse one, let's get what it says. Then Jesus being filled with the Holy Spirit returned from the Jordan. And here's what it says. And was led by the spirit into the wilderness. I want to give you something. I want you to write it down, put it in your mind, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen, that before you go, before God ascends you, he will bring you into a place of seclusion. Before, ladies and gentlemen, he will ascend you to the public. He will seclude you in private to test you. For some of you, ladies and gentlemen, you've probably been wondering why in the world has I not gotten how God has not put me on certain platforms, why God hasn't opened up certain things. Maybe could I suggest to you that God is working on you in the wilderness, that even the Holy Spirit had a program for Jesus. Him being God, that the first thing that he does is not take him to heal somebody. The first thing he takes him to do is go to the wilderness. Ladies and gentlemen, I believe that for the last coming up on the five years of our ministry in September, that God has had a people on in the wilderness in Clarksville, Maryland. And for 40 years, ladies and gentlemen, thank God it ain't 40 here. Praise the Lord. Couldn't take that. Give me something else. <laughs> for 40 days, ladies and gentlemen. Jesus has, Jesus has turned down his plate, eating nothing, and has been tested, and he's been, he's been, he's been, and, and, and guess what, in the testing, he, the enemy has been allowed to tempt him. You get what I'm saying? I want you to make it, I want to make this clear to you, that the enemy has power, but his power is in, under the control of God. He's only God will allow him to do stuff because it will work his purpose. The enemy doesn't understand that only the things that God allows him to do only works his purpose. And so he allows Jesus to go through a time of that. Now that the affirmation has came from heaven. Now this needs to be confirmed. I've been affirmed, but let's see. If his faith is really what it is in the wilderness. For those of you, I've made the profession of faith. I've came in public and said, yes, here I am, God. I am a, I'm yours through the public display of baptism that I've gone down in the water. Now I've came up a new creature. Now, ladies and gentlemen, now that that's over, now your faith has to be put to the test. Your faith has to be fully put to the test now. What does it mean to say I'm a believer 
And when things do come up in your life, the first thing you do is revert back to what you used to do. What does it mean to say that you're a believer and say, I have all of this faith if it's never been tried? How do we know you have faith? How do we know? That's why Jesus is our chief high priest, because he's in touch with our infirmities. He's been through it. He's lived a life. I wouldn't serve a God who this man made up thing has not gone through this life and showed people how to overcome the life with its temptations. And so right here we have it, ladies and gentlemen, that Jesus has been tested, ladies and gentlemen. If Jesus himself was tested, being fully God and man in the same time, what makes you think that you're going to be exempt? For those of you who thought the Christian life is about lollipops, all the things are going to be great. I'm going to have whatever I want. If I name it and claim it, if I manifest it and really quickly, it's going to happen. I came tonight to tell you that you got it all wrong. I came here to pop your bubble tonight. I came here to send that all that junk out of your head. If you want to believe that. No, 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 no. Yes, there's some great moments in Christianity in, in this believer uh, life. But let me tell you something. There are moments, ladies and gentlemen, that God will allow you to go through periods of testing in your life. Periods of trials. Periods, ladies and gentlemen, of taking you through a fire. Oh, my God. But it's not meant for you to be consumed by the fire. But it's meant, ladies and gentlemen uh, to perfect something in you ladies and gentlemen uh, that God already put inside of you uh, but in order for that thing to come out uh, in order for that thing to be exposed God has to purify you first so Jesus is being proven in being proven in the wilderness I like it right here because let me tell you something the spirit of God knew what he was doing sometimes we act like why God are you leading me like this it's because he knows what's oh my God he knows exactly what he's doing he knows exactly why he's leading you in the wilderness if you are in the wilderness experience right now ladies and gentlemen there's a reason why he didn't lead you to the wilderness there's a reason why he didn't lead you out to the public yet before you were tried there was a reason yet he didn't put that money in your hands until you knew how to manage what you have there's a reason why he didn't give you that type of promotion yet uh, until you could handle where you're at in the moment that you are in there is a reason behind it Ladies and gentlemen, so we're here and we have Jesus. He's in the wilderness and he was filled with the spirit Yes, you can be filled with the spirit and still be led in the wilderness Hallelujah, you can be a fire baptized paper Bible saved Christian and the Holy Spirit will still lead you in the wilderness you're not leaving. You're not getting around it, ladies and gentlemen. Ah, Brandon, you, I told myself I can't get around it. Lord, is there any other way I can get around it? But if I'm trying to go where he's trying to take me, I'm going to have to experience the wilderness. Uh, put in the chat section, say you got to experience the wilderness. You, you have to. It's not a way of getting around it. You have to experience it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, we are here. The spirit takes him in the wilderness. And here comes the enemy. Now, you know, when I've, when I've looked at this text, ladies and gentlemen, for so long, I didn't realize that the enemy showed up after the 40 days were over. Because that's when Jesus was the most vulnerable. I didn't realize it. I thought that he was, those 40 days, he was tempted in the 40 days. But when I looked at the verse, and this is my proof. If you can put this up for me, uh, Kenny, the next verse after that. This thing, verse 3 and 4. It said, and the devil said to him, let me see here. 
put this one right here. Verse 1 and 2. Uh, no, verse 2. Verse 2, I want you to show them. Being tempted for 40 days by the devil, and in those 40 days he ate nothing, and afterward when they had, when they had, when they had ended was hungry. When it had ended, and then here's what happens. Verse 3. Here's what happens, ladies and gentlemen. I got to move quickly. It says, and the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. So now we don't. So what we what we can infer is that the enemy now while he was tempted in the 40 days because in the 40 days, he could have easily uh, uh, turned anything into bread because he was God used his deity as Philippians chapter two said he counted it not robbery to do so. Then the enemy showed he, he was there. And then at the end of the 40 days, this is what the devil said. We're now into the conversation with him. It says this, and the devil said to him, if you are the son of God, command this stone to become bread. I want to show you the very first temptation that the enemy will always tempt everybody. I want to show you his very game. I want to show you how he's been doing this for all these many years. That's why Paul says that we are not naive of his, uh, uh, of, of his devices, ladies and gentlemen. I want to show you something. The first thing I want you to see, and I want you to show, show them on there, is the first temptation raises questions questions of God's care and provision. He wanted him to turn the stones into bread. The first temptation, ladies and gentlemen, is for Jesus to do something outside of the care of God, to do something independently from God by turning what he know he had the power to do into meeting his own need at the moment because he was hungry. So what happens is, ladies and gentlemen, is that oftentimes what the enemy will do is tempt you into doing something outside of God's will to deal with what your current issue is at the moment. The issue is Jesus was hungry. For some people, my issue is loneliness, so I'm going to tempt you with something that you know that you want to do. How do I know this? So here it is. He's saying what, G, what Satan was trying to do was entice Jesus to use his power, use the power of God for selfish purposes. So one thing he's going to do in your moment of vulnerability is to test you to do something in your own selfish gain. That's what he did. That's what he tried to tempt Jesus to do is I want you to do something that is outside of the care of God. Instead of him doing that for you to provide the food and the meal for you, why don't you do it yourself? Instead of God, how can, are you sure that you can be in the care of God that he's going to take care of you? Why not just make you know you're hungry? You know you're lonely. You know your money is low. You know all of that. Why don't you just, come on, why don't you just turn that... Turn those stones into bread. Well, come on, man. You got the power to do so. I'm tempting Jesus. Again, he was fully human. You have to understand this. So that means, ladies and gentlemen, is that he's feeling the physical need of hunger. He's feeling the physical need. And the enemy knows how to play on your physical need, ladies and gentlemen. But look at somebody said he's met the right one. 
He met the right one. He met the right one. Here it is. Here it is. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. This is what pretty much Jesus came back with him with. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Put that up for him. It says, so he humbled you, allowed you to, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make. You know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. This is what pretty much what Jesus quoted to Satan. So he quoted when Moses was leaving off to the children of Israel with Joshua and telling them, listen, you, you, so he humbled you and allowed you to hunger. Even the son of God, ladies and gentlemen, was in the wilderness being allowed to hunger, ladies and gentlemen. But yet here's a script. But again, you can put this parallel to the children of Israel being in the wilderness. Here it is. Man of which you did not know, nor did your fathers know that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone. So while you may think, yes, I'm hungry, but guess what? What, oh my God, what feeds me is my spiritual, oh my God. What feeds me is the spiritual word of God. Hallelujah. He said, it's the word of Lord that fuels me. See, you got it twisted. You thought that eating this is what fuels me. No, what really fuels me is the word of God. I can last like this because what really fuels me is the word of God. Listen, I listen, I can afford, I can, I cannot afford to be empty spiritually and be fools physically. You cannot afford to be empty. I want you to put that there. You cannot afford to be empty spiritually and be full physically. It does not work. It does not work. Say, I need to be full spiritually. I need to be full spiritually. I got to move. I got to move for the sake of time. Watch me. The second temptation I want you to see, the second temptation is that Satan's invitation to engage in false worship. As I told you as a prophetic warning this year that many people will fall for the deception that is out here. I'm telling you, people will be deceived. And what we get to the bottom of is that Satan is about the glorification of himself. Now, I want you to know something that the enemy can offer you some things. The way that I know he can is because Jesus even tells us that the ruler of this world, the reason why that the enemy could tempt him with stuff because power had been given to him by Adam and Eve, more so by Adam. So I want to make this very clear is that what Satan had to offer was very tempting. Because he can, Prince, and he can actually offer you something. <laughs> Leave it out. In all seriousness, but uh, you know, we joking, but in all seriousness, here's what this particular temptation is. Sell yourself to me by giving me your worship. I'm serious. That's what this is. Worship me. And I give you this. Let me tell you something. Many people have sold their souls to the enemy. I'm not making this up. This ain't a game. Many people have sold themselves to the enemy for the sake of worshiping him to get something that's passing away. 
Believe it or not, I want you to know this now. If you think I'm joking, you think that certain, uh, 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 you think that certain private clubs and stuff that you don't know about. Let me tell you something. Some people have literally given themselves to the devil and the, to worship him in order to gain certain things. This is not some type of conspiracy. This was a temptation that even he came to the son of God with. He said, give yourself to me in worship. And in exchange, what he did was, I want to show you something. In verse, in chapter four, what he did was, ladies and gentlemen, is that after that, he says, he, he said this to him. He, what, what the devil did was take him up on a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I want you to understand something that Jesus was in a wilderness. So there wouldn't have really been that the high point of a mountain. What some theologians would say that this was a spiritual vision that the enemy took, took Jesus to the highest point of a mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, I can give you this in exchange for something. Let me tell you something. No deal with the enemy does not mean something. Let me tell you something. No deal with the enemy, ladies and gentlemen, does not come with a cost. Hey, I'm not just going to give you this. It comes with an exchange, a trade. You give me your, your worship and your loyalty to me, and I'll give you this. Oh, Brandon, are you talking about Satan worshipers? Listen, you don't always know who they are. <laughs> you don't always know who they are. What you're thinking that I'm talking about is somebody who's a witch and they dress up. You don't know who they look like. You don't know what type of deals have been made behind the scenes. You don't know. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't know what you have. You don't know what people have given themselves to in exchange for wanting to get somewhere quickly. You don't know, ladies and gentlemen, here we have it, is that even Jesus is being tempted to say, I give you this in exchange for worship. What, this, what Satan grabs for the most is glory. That's why he puffed himself in heaven, because he wanted to be glorified more than God. That's why his name is Satan. He's a protagonist, ladies and gentlemen. He's always trying to accuse, always trying to be cunning and deceiving, ladies and gentlemen. And many people are falling for the deception and they're forfeiting the promise of God. That's why you're not that's why you're not going from one level. If you are so easily tempted because you don't like God's progress process, excuse me, then what happens is you will take a deal like that. Let's give you this. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13. We're going to stay here. Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 13 is coming to your screen hot. It says it this way. It says, you shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oaths in his name. No, 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 no. You shall serve the Lord our God. What he's doing is Satan tempted Jesus with a way out of suffering in exchange for his worship. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to exchange your suffering to get somewhere quicker. Let me tell you something. 
Why would you make an exchange for something when now Jesus is in a place as Philippians 2 that all power in heaven and on earth has been given to him? That in Philippians chapter 2 that he's been given a name that's above any other name. The scripture tells us that not only does he have power in heaven and earth, but even things underneath the earth. What do you think that's referring to? That's saying he has power over hell as well. (laughs) So you can't give me something that eventually you got to give back to God. (laughs) Good Lord, I praise you tonight. The reality is, ladies and gentlemen, he's tempting Jesus to go against the Father's plan of suffering. Suffering to reward. What Satan is saying to Jesus, skip the suffering, go straight to reward, Vernon. That's what he's tempting Jesus with. Like, hey, who needs to suffer? Who needs to die on a cross? You the son of God. Who needs that? I can take you straight here. And for some of us, let's be honest, that's a pretty tempting deal. Come on, raise your hands. I know you don't. Don't lie in church tonight. <laughs> now that was <laughs> Come on, Zion. That is, let me tell you something. That list seems pretty mm, suffering. Quick reward. Let me weigh my options here. <laughs> Uh, being beaten beyond recognition or, you know, just (laughs) taking the easy way out here. (laughs) Seems pretty tempting. This is real talk, man. Because guess what? Everybody is tempting with that same decision. Do I want to go and cut corners or do I actually want to go through the process that God has? This is where we are at. the. This is the crossroads we're at, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the crossroads is, are you going to ascend God's way? Or do you want to ascend taking the selfish, pride, with prideful way out with Satan? What do you want to do? Do you want to go through the wilderness? Do you want to go through the cross? Do you want to go through the humiliation? Do you want to go through it to get to glory? My question to you is tonight, what do you want to do? Because whatever you do, you got to sell yourself out for. Either you sell yourself out to the enemy or you say, God, I'm willing to take your plan all the way. Either you get like Jesus and say, I'm going to humble myself even to the point of death. Oh, man. Hallelujah. What are you going to do? Put it in the chat section. What, what are you going? What, what, what are you going to do? What, what are you going to do? Let me tell, let me give you this, ladies and gentlemen, and I got to go. Let's see the third temptation. And I'm going to give you some two points and it's going to help us. Watch as the third temptation is, he's, is what he did was test God through signs and wonders. And so what he does again is he takes them to the temple mount. Put places them on the temple. Matter of fact, the Greek would give the idea that he was on the wing of the temple. That he put him on the wing of the temple, ladies and gentlemen. And then there was a man who was also a, uh, I forgot his name, ladies and gentlemen, that was thrown off of the wing of the temple mount, ladies and gentlemen, who was a martyr. Year after, it was sometime in after Christ, in 1600 AC or something like that. Or AD. And so what happens is, ladies and gentlemen, he puts him on the wing in Jerusalem. This is why Luke takes this way. He reverses the order because Jerusalem is the climax. He takes him to the place where he knows he's going to die. 
<laughs> he takes him to the place, ladies and gentlemen, uh, at the wing of the Temple Mount, ladies and gentlemen, in Jerusalem. He sets him up there. And this is what the devil says to him, ladies and gentlemen. Then he brought him, verse 9 says, let me take you back here. Verse 9, verse 9 Uh, Then he brought him to Jerusalem, set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down from there. And this is what he did for it is written. Here's what the devil did. He came back here. He came with him in scripture and twisted it. He shall give his angels charge over you to keep you. And in their hands, they shall bear you up. See, throw yourself off of there. You got angels. Throw yourself off of there. You know that you can see again. He's trying to tempt him to do something outside of God to, to, to kill himself or try see the devil couldn't make him do anything the devil himself couldn't push Jesus off he knew he didn't have that type of authority but he tempted him to do something hey just throw yourself off of there I'm taking you to Jerusalem why don't you do it this way and then let the angels come and get you Jesus told Peter he said listen I could call 10,000 legions of some angels to come to to come and get me hallelujah don't you worry about me put your sword back down oh my god help me in this room he could have called a fleet of angels to come but he was humbled himself to the point of death tell somebody again don't fall for the bait don't don't you fall for the bait and here's what ladies and gentlemen jesus did and he came back at him again and he was like listen i'm getting tired of you now uh, uh listen this is what jesus came back to him in verse uh, uh 12 13 and jesus answered and said to him it has been said you shall not tempt the lord your god now you shall not tempt me satan you there is this is here it's found in the book of deuteronomy again chapter six I believe around verse 16, I believe. So you shall not tempt the Lord your God. You should not tempt him. Here's what I want you to show. How do you not fall for the bait? Let me show you something. Point one, I want to show you this. We're getting out of here. Watch this. You must be full of the Holy Spirit. I don't got nothing deep. You must be full of the Holy Spirit. The very first verse told us that Jesus being full of the Spirit was led into the wilderness. That means he was full with the right stuff. That's the Holy Spirit. You must be full with the, filled with the Holy Spirit because if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen, you will gratify your own flesh. These temptations, it wouldn't take you long to give in to one of them because you're not full with the Spirit of God. That's the reason why people will fall. That's the reason why people walk away from the faith. It's because they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. That's why people take the temptation, the easy way out of things, and not want to go through them because they don't have the Holy Spirit. Say, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. This is not this is not a game, ladies and gentlemen. This is not something uh, something that is a uh, something that is an option for you. No, you and I, if you are a true believer, ladies and gentlemen, you must be filled with the Holy Spirit, ladies and gentlemen. I'm not saying filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, uh, because let me tell you something: people can speak in tongues, but if they're not truly filled with the Holy Spirit, they can get tempted like Jesus did, and they can get in and quit. 
Hallelujah. The evidence of the Holy Spirit is not solely based upon gifts. The evidence of the Holy Spirit is not solely based upon if you can prophesy. They call my God. The real evidence of the Holy Spirit in you is if you got love in you. The real evidence of the Holy Spirit is patience and kindness and long suffering. The real evidence that you got the Holy Ghost in you is how well the fruit of the God is being, oh my God, proven in your life. Hallelujah, anybody can prophesy. Jesus could do all of that stuff. Anybody can do that. But the reality of it is this. Do you got the fruit of the Spirit being evident in your life? Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. This is what he says. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Again, it's a command. Let's go here. Galatians chapter 5, verse 16. For the sake of time, I got to go. Here it is. I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. The reason why people fall for the bait is because they're not filled with the spirit. Because if you're filled with the spirit, then you'll walk in the spirit. Hallelujah. And when you walk in the spirit, the enemy can come with you with all three temptations. But you won't be given into it because you are filled with his power to resist the devil see let me tell you when james says flee resist the devil and flee the only way you can resist is if you're full with the holy ghost You have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. You can't run and flee from the enemy and think that you're going to be able to do it all for your own fleshly design. The enemy is too clever for that. The enemy is too cunning for that. The enemy is too uh, has a way with words. And he has a way of twisting things and playing on the truth and playing on your emotional strings and playing on what you really want. The enemy not going to play on stuff that you don't want. The enemy is not going to play on stuff that you don't really care for. The enemy going play on your very hidden desires don't you understand that he's been looking at man for all its time all of the existence of time the enemy's been doing the same thing he's been doing the same thing since human since the since the day of creation he's been doing the same thing fam and guess what we fall for it every time why? Because we're not full with the Spirit. Say, I got to be filled with the Spirit. I have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I have to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because if I'm filled with him, I can look him in the eye and say, get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written that you shall not. Oh, my God. That's why Jesus said, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. That, that's why. Let me tell you something. What he was coming for is if God would really take care of him. What he was coming for is if, oh, my God, if you're the real son of God, you can do stuff in your own power without him. The real reality is is that the enemy always will challenge you in the area of your fidelity to God. Because he wants to make accusations and say, God, look, Brittany don't really trust you, no way. Look, Boomy don't really trust you, no way. But when you're full with the Holy Ghost, you can prove his accusations to be a very lie. Let me give you this. 
Let me give you this. I got to go. Let me give you this. And I'm coming to a close. Here it is. Number two, put it on there. We had, we're getting out of here tonight. Is that you must be rooted in the word of God. Why is it that every time, let me give you this. The way you combat deception is with truth. The way you combat a lie is with truth. And let me tell you something. Women often have a funny way of doing this. When they know they man is lying. Here, I know you was at this such and such a place at a such and such a time. You're lying. It's truth met with a lie. <laughs> but why can you not use it when the Satan comes up against you? I want to know that. Hallelujah. You have to understand, ladies and gentlemen, is that you must be rooted in God's word. And guess what? What did the devil use against Jesus? He used the very word. Oh, my God. But he didn't understand that he had the right one because in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So you could try to twist his own very word, but you ain't going to get far because I'm going to come back with you with the truth of God's word. Hallelujah. Did you not understand that Satan knows the Bible? Don't you understand that he knows it? That he says also studied it. And that he quoted something out of Psalm 91. Saying that he gives angels charge over you. Don't you be deceived by somebody who can pay Bible verses. Oh, even the enemies know Bible verses. But when you got the Holy Ghost. And when you're being rooted in God. You know for sure. That yeah, you may have quoted that. But also I know this. The trust in the Lord. And all my and he shall acknowledge my God. He shall direct my path, ladies and gentlemen. Woo, glory, I praise you tonight. That's why you can say that, but that's what Jesus came to. For it is written. He didn't come with his own word. He said, for it is written. I'm going to give you the written word of God. I'm not giving you a prophecy. I'm not giving you that. I'm giving you the written word of God. I'm giving you what's found in the word of God. I'm giving you what's found there. And anytime you want to give me a lie, I got a truth to meet your lie. You want to know how you defeat hell? Is you know you get yourself rooted in the word of God. That's how you defeat hell. That's why I like it what the psalmist said here. The psalmist said in, uh, uh, in, uh, in Psalm 119 verse 9 and 11, it says, how can a young man cleanse his way? It says, by taking heed according to your word. Here's what he says. Verse 10, with my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Hallelujah. Verse 11 says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. That word was so rooted in the word of God, oh my God in Jesus that he couldn't even sin against his own father. That's why you can get that's why he was a perfect and spotless lamb. It's because he endured the temptations of the devil and he endured it like a good soldier. That's why he even obedient, oh my God, he humbled himself to the point of death and he was obedient to it because he knew what the word said. He knew what the prophecy he said he knew what he came here to do when you know what you came to do when the enemy comes and tries to whisper words of doubt and discouragement in your heart you gotta remember that oh my god he, he will comfort me you gotta remember you gotta remember what the scripture says ladies and gentlemen and that you're more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus you gotta remember what the scripture says in Philippians chapter 4 that I can do all things 
through Christ Jesus that gives me strength. You gotta remember that he that abides under the shadow of the Almighty. So my God, you gotta remember, you gotta recall the word of God to your mind that say that God hasn't given me the spirit of fear, but power, love, and a sound mind. Hallelujah. You gotta remember that when you feel alone, that God to the scripture says, when I make my bed in hell, hallelujah, he's there. If I ascend to the heavens, he's there. Hallelujah, where can I run from your presence? You gotta recall the word. Look at somebody say, recall the word to mine. Hallelujah, I gotta get out of here. You better recall the word of mine. Don't you fall for the bait. You got somewhere to go. You gotta ascend this year. This is gonna be a year where God brings you from one level to another level. But the way you get there is if you can stand through the testing. And if you can stand through the wilderness. And guess what the scripture says? After the enemy left away from him, then the Bible takes you in the Satanist ministry and the word of his ministry surrounded all throughout Galilee that after the wilderness ladies and gentlemen there is an elevation that God will take you from being secluded when he's dealing with you and takes you your name all throughout regions your name throughout companies your name throughout oh my God all the earth why it's because you love my God you did not fall for the beat And for somebody who's going through a wilderness season now, I'm gonna tell you one thing when you get out of it. This is what Matthew's gospel says at the end. Cause Matthew's gospel says, then God sent the angels of the Lord. They were ministering angels to minister over Jesus. Guess what? God ain't gonna let you feel like you're out here by yourself. That after you didn't got through the test, he gonna send angels of deliverance to minister over your soul. Look at somebody say the angels of deliverance. Not this African angel. Not on that joke. I'm saying the heavenly God come and surround you and minister to your heart. Hallelujah. Say it's my time to ascend. It's my time to ascend. It's my time to ascend. And the only way you ascend is not falling for the bait, ladies and gentlemen. Send your feet. Don't you fall for it. Don't you fall. You somebody say, I got somewhere to go. And that's up. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got somewhere to go. Don't you fall for this deception. It's tempting. But don't you do it. What does it mean? Jesus said, what does it mean for a man to gain the whole earth, the whole world, but lose his soul? Don't lose your soul because you want to gain all of this gain here. Guess what? When you die, you can't take it there. But you know what? If you, if you set your mind on things above and not on things of this earth, if you understand that you're laying up treasures in heaven, then you understand that when I die here, I got something waiting for me there. 
because I didn't fall for the bait of the enemy. Had some times where I considered it. Had some times where it seemed like a good option at the moment. But if you stand, if you stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, I heard the psalmist say, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nation. Listen. Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.